0: Manx Radio podcasts powered by Shore. Hello and welcome to this week's Countryside program with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark, and a little bit of it revolving around the south of the Isle of Man, uh, Craig Niche. A lot going on, and they're preparing for their summer season.
1: They are. The doors are open for uh, Easter extravaganza down there with the traditional egg rolling, and I can't wait to take part.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a funny event, the egg one, isn't it? Because it's it's not the softest of ground normally, is it? <laughs>
1: It certainly isn't, especially when they've had the big heavy horses on it in the winter too.
0: <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's all part and parcel, it? and it's just that the, they're putting something on. The, the older generation can go and admire them old buildings and the way that they're kept there and the machinery, and the kids have got something to do as well. So that's oh, great. it
1: was a great family day out. Mm,
0: it is. And also I catch up with Lara Howe. Remember we went to the Car for Man last year for, just for the day, uh, Kiri, didn't we, with Lara showing us around. Well, the uh, wardens, of course, have been off the Car, since November and they returned last week there and Lara went over with them so I find at the latest uh, whether there's any damage or what's going to happen word. this summer there. And also Mike Clegg, he's the author of a new book that's out called Reapers, Clogs and Pulpits which uh, looks back at the history of the Kelly Brothers um, from Kurt Michael really one of the big builders from uh, a few years ago uh, here on the Isle of Man and their um, work goes back you know, over hundreds of years ago uh, where they were doing work for the pulpits and the, the benches in the local churches around the Isle of Man so uh, Mike explains about the book and uh, uh, the history of Kelly Brothers as well. So here we are this week's Countryside. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Oh. We had a trip last year, didn't we, to the Car for Man um, with our host, Lara Howe.
1: It was absolutely brilliant, wasn't mm,
0: it? We had a great time there. Mm. She showed us round. We spoke to the wardens, of course. Well, during November, the wardens head off the calf for man. And in March, they return and find out if there's any maintenance to do, set up the nets and look forward again to another season looking after the birds and the wildlife on the calf and keeping track of them. Well, I caught up with the Marine Officer for the Manx Wildlife Trust, Lara Howe, to find out how her trip went bringing them back to the calf
2: yeah absolutely we went out to to take the wardens over and had a few extra days on the calf than than we'd originally planned but it was it was it was good
0: this is the the start of a new season obviously um i think it was nathan and aaron who were the wardens last year they i think finished their stint in november what's happened since then
2: so they've gone home and had a bit of a rest a well-deserved rest and they've very kindly or stupidly decided to come back and join us for another season so they're over on the calf now getting on with calf life.
0: What happens during that period on the calf is is there anybody there to to look after things or is it just so desolate and animals and wildlife are are all hibernating or sheltering?
2: Um, Basically we don't have anyone on purely because the weather conditions are usually so bad we couldn't do food runs for the wardens, so they would be pretty much left to fend for themselves. There's always wildlife and things happening over there, but we basically would worry that we wouldn't be able to keep an eye on the wardens and keep them fed.
0: The process of a third helper for the wardens is underway at the moment, is it?
2: Yes it is. Um the closing date is is now up but we're looking to um, have an assistant volunteer warden to go out and help with the work on the calf this for this season.
0: What will their role involve, similar to the wardens that are going to be there?
2: Yep. It'll be helping them to get whatever jobs done that they've got to do, mostly with the estate warden working with Nathan doing whatever needs to be done, really, whether it's helping with the bait eradication programmes, undertaking regular maintenance of vehicles, helping with any bird monitoring, the daily logs where we record any bird species we see on the day and things like that. So it'll be more of the same work, just helping helping to get it all done, really.
0: What about when you finish there, nobody's there from November, just sort of gone back there? I mean, it's through the really rough times of the winter. Is there is there ever much damage caused to the calf when you when you go back there for the first time?
2: Some years there is, um and some not so much. Depends on the extremes of the weather. Um this year we've had some damage to two of the stores, one in South Harbour and one in Cow Harbour. We've lost quite a lot of slates. Um so work's begun on that already and generally just making sure that the observatory's still standing and, and things like that. But we fared fairly well. Um, which is good to see.
0: Last time I was on the calf you had the decoy puffins and everything in action and Manx Whispers had it that uh, they paid dividend.
2: Well, yes, it turned out to be a a fairly good year. We had a lot more sightings of puffins around the calf, and we actually got a sighting of one land on the calf for the first time in in years. so that's really, really exciting. So the puffins will be going back out at the beginning of April, ready for the new season.
0: Is there anything else that you'd like to see that you can do out of the calf, or... Are you fairly stretched with the resources you can have out there at the moment?
2: Obviously, everything's stretched wherever you look and the calf's no no different. But we're hoping that this year, with some kind support from the general public who've pitched in through crowdfunding, through the supporters group for the calf. They've raised some money to help us buy nest boxes, well, the materials to make nest boxes for the Manx Shearwaters. So we're hoping to install some of those over this year, ready for next year to enable us to be able to access the the chicks and the adults in the burrows so that we might be able to tag them in the future and to generally monitor chicks and, and numbers like that so that's really useful so that's something we're taking forward this year.
0: What about the, the general obviously that to the general public by the sound of it has got a, a really keen interest on keeping the car for man as it is in a way and making it thrive in the world of wildlife.
2: Absolutely, we have a lot of public support, which is great to see, and a lot of that comes from volunteers as well who come over and help. For example, when we went over this last week, two of our long-term local volunteers came over and helped open up and things like that. And their support is invaluable to keeping the calf going. Obviously, money all helps to buy things that we need, but we also need more helpers on on the ground to do stuff. So we've got a trip over on Saturday with some volunteers from the Civil Defence who are coming out to help clear the pond for example so we have a lot of support from the public which is really really great and enables us to do a lot more work on the calf than we would generally be able to do
0: the decoy puffins to attract them back on the island i mean is the scope for i don't know putting decoys of something else to try and attract other birds or fish what have you to come round to the calf
2: possibly there's always different things we can do um we're talking about potentially building a wall to encourage storm petrels to come and nest on the calf. We have them obviously in the area and we suspect they are breeding on the calf but we haven't got confirmed proof yet so some work will go towards trying to do that this year and possibly like I said if we can get some funds together we'll build a a wall or maybe a cairn that they like to nest in um, stone walls that kind of thing there's also hopefully other work maybe more on the land management side of things where we're going to try clearing some of the the bracken particularly the dead bracken underneath to see if that makes a difference in terms of where birds are nesting or or not so there's lots of things we're going to try this year to see if we can encourage more of our birds to to come back to the calf to nest
0: can the public get involved in in coming over to the calf and Maybe helping out for a few days or how does that sort of thing work
2: absolutely um space is very limited in terms of people staying overnight but we we do have some some beds available Um, and if people want to come out for the day that's usually fine as well so there will be things coming up on facebook through the calf of man observatory facebook page where we'll be posting about volunteer opportunities and things like that but People are always welcome to, to get involved and, and get in touch if they want more information. There's different things. We're obviously trying to do some more stonewalling work and get some more of the walls finished and things like that. There's ditch clearing. There's loads of things people can get involved in if they want to come along. Best bet is either get in touch with me or to get in touch with um, the wardens on the observatory through the Facebook page.
0: Marine Officer for the Manx Wildlife Trust, Lara Howe, and a couple of events that are coming on of significance, uh, Simon King, who, of course, is off the television, the Big Cat Diary and Springwatch and Planet Earth. He'll be on the Isle of Man Friday the 27th of April. Uh, He'll be doing a lecture there. And plus the Hedgehog Tunnels. You'll find out more about that as well. That will be taking part on the 28th uh, of April as well, running for the whole week weather. And it helps. uh, You can get involved with that as well, getting little tunnels and sponsoring them as well to look after the hedgehogs. So be good.
1: They're absolutely lovely little animals, aren't they? I suppose they'll be coming out of hibernation now too, so we have to watch out for them on the roads.
0: (laughs) Yes, uh, it's a a bit busy time, I suppose, now. I suppose they've had the right idea keeping out of this (laughs) cold spell that we've had, but things are looking up. And it's just one of them... Great things I think and being part of the Isle of Man where people want to help and preserve them and get involved in these things.
1: Organisations like this do such a great job of protecting the wildlife on the island and it's it's beautiful, isn't it? You yeah. know, wherever we go we can see something, it's on our doorstep. We are so very lucky.
0: Yes, we are. And of course, the views from the car for Man back to the Sound and uh, not far up the coast from there, Craig Neesh.
1: Yeah, and Craig Neesh will be opening its doors for Easter holidays. I went along to speak to Helen Ashcroft to see what events they had coming up, along with a traditional egg rolling competition.
3: Yeah, we're opening on Good Friday, so you go in with a bang, basically. <laughs> and so. With the offer of. Bring a friend. You've got different kind of ticket opportunities as well this time. This weekend at Craig Neish, we're opening from 11 till 3 as part of our winter opening for this uh, shoulder season for visitors that are coming off season. And this weekend, we've got a special offer that you can, that residence pass holders, like season pass holders can bring a friend for free. So it's a good opportunity for people to shake off the cobwebs of winter and get out and about again, really. Yeah, that's it. And um, go and have a look at Craig Niche. and obviously we'll, you know, hope for a nice, bright and breezy day if not we'll have the fires going anyway so <laughs>
1: oh, yeah it's always really cozy isn't it yeah. the cottages they've had quite a bit of renovation work recently been
3: re and yeah so Karen's farmstead has been um, the main buildings of that had a thatch Put on it last year and Harry Kelly's has had a nice new coat of whitewash and um, was rethatched over the winter and it looks really nice. Mm. It's the 80th anniversary of the opening of Harry Kelly's as a museum and, and like the start of the museum at Crignish this year so Harry Kelly's cottage looks really nice and shiny for that so. They do stand out they are
1: gorgeous and people come from miles around to see them don't
3: they? Yeah that's right absolutely so yeah and especially we've got this special year so yeah.
1: With Easter coming you've got a few good
3: events coming up the tradition Additional egg roll and i imagine you'll be inundated yet again yeah let's hope so so it starts at one o'clock in the afternoon at craig Niche and little visitors are encouraged to bring their home decorated eggs we really like the ones with a with a manx theme that's just a little tip for anyone <laughs> coming along so you know if you've got a viking or a Lockton, they do you know they tend to be very popular um, with the judges and so that's judged strictly at two o'clock and yeah people are encouraged to bring their own decorated eggs and then we've got an egg roll at at half past two, and another one at half past three. And three o'clock, we'll have a little welly walk around the village where we'll look at all the farming and what you know the animals that are in the fields and talk about the sort of the farming year at that time and um, maybe have a little wish at the well and things like that as well. But it's giving the children an opportunity to get out, isn't it? The fields could be really still muddy by then, but you know, it won't put them off. Well, hopefully, they could burn off a bit of that chocolate they've been having over the Easter weekend and get to everybody out of the house. I'm sure people will be desperate to by then, so. Yeah. And um yeah, it's great. It's outdoors. It's nice and bright and breezy and people really love it. It's very yeah. popular with families and everybody always has fun. There's loads of Easter eggs to be worn and competitions and it's just a nice day out it's definitely worth getting the wellies on and getting down for
1: that with Easter coming Helen will also be the spring lambs I believe as well
3: yeah we've got a few little bleats coming from fields at the moment there certainly will be some lambs um, for people to see on when they come egg rolling very cute little Lockton lambs the lambing season is well underway and um, Pete our farmer is very busy with that at the moment which I'm sure you can
1: understand absolutely but it is nothing nice, so we can't wait for Easter to be here
3: no that's right yeah we're looking for to it.
1: But you've had a busy winter as well, you've had the patchwork in classes, you've got lots of
3: events coming up throughout the year Helen. Yeah we're looking forward to a busy season ahead and um, lots of events coming up. We had a patchwork workshop Basically at Craig Niche, we decided to open early for for people, visitors for coming off season and rather than open up the whole site in the routine way, we put walks and workshops on, keeps the overheads down and hopefully brings a bit of income in as well and we had a patchwork workshop a couple of weeks ago, it was really popular, it totally sold out and the amount of positive feedback we got from it was brilliant and The audience seemed to really engage. So we're we're looking at putting more of those on. Elaine is one of our members of the team at Craigney. She ran the workshop and she's very good at crafting. She also works with wool a lot, does spinning and dyeing and all, all that kind of stuff. But the Manx patchwork as a theme was really popular, so we'd like to put them on again. Put another one of them on over the summer.
1: (laughs) But also for the children, Helen, in the summertime, the bug hunts they were so popular last year. Will you be doing them again this
3: time? This year we're putting we've got a new curator of natural history, Laura McCoy. And because it's so popular when the Manx market moves, and if it's a nice day, you had so many people coming down, it was absolutely packed at Craigneys, the last one we ran. So we're having a Gentle introduction, and we're doing bug hunts as part of the um, little people's picnic in the Russian Abbey this year, so that she can take a few of them out throughout the day. and Hopefully, it won't be too inundated. To give her a sort of gentle introduction because it takes a lot of management when everybody turns up together. So, <laughs> but it's nice for people to actually want to take
1: part, isn't it? And like some of these old traditional places, they're so well looked after by yourself and the teams, and everything. It must be quite, quite rewarding to see younger generations come and enjoy what you've, you know, what you provide.
3: Yeah, we love to. And entertain family the family market and they do really love our sites and it's you know it's a wholesome kind of educational hopefully quite fun way to experience the sites is through events and programming that we put on for them
1: yeah and I hear there's big
3: works at Castle Russian Castle too keeping you busy yeah that's right so um, the castle is not going to open with the rest of the sites on Good Friday um, because we've had a bit of a delay with the works that have gone on over the winter. We're working with organic construction to make basically the ground floor of the castle completely accessible and so the shop's moving into what was sort of like the reception area, and that will be totally level. And then there's a room off the shop, which is the former shop, and that's going to be an area where people can have a look around and work out if they are going to be able to get up to the top, because people can underestimate how difficult it is to get up the stairs, or even worse, down. And a lot of people would get vertigo and things like that at the top, and it's best to think about these things before you buy your ticket, you get yourself at the top, and then you start to feel oh. a bit scared or a bit sort of trapped, you know, that you might not be, your, le- your legs might fail you on the way back down, especially after that big climb to get up. So we're just going to have an area where you can get an Ooh. understanding of, of what's ahead of you in the before you buy a ticket. And so, and then you can go out. We've got a, a new drawbridge that's going in. It's quite complicated. That's, I think it was last replaced in um, like the 20s or sort of around that 20s. era. Really? So wow. yeah. And then in the keep itself is going to be, Completely um, accessible for wheelchairs and prams and boogies and all of that kind of thing, and we've got some new interpretation in room one, and we've got lots of sort of flashy audiovisual where you can take a tour around the castle. You can go up the, if, for those that can't go up. You can actually get the experience because um, we're using this sort of film technology, which sort of goes in and takes you around the, like up the stairs and to the through the rooms like it's sort of like a bit like flying through them wow. it's just sort of been recorded in yeah. advance but you can do a virtual tour without actually having to go up the stairs
1: it looks like you're going to have a good year ahead generally there's so much to do
3: where can everyone find all the information Helen if they go to our website www. Dot manx national heritage dot im we've got all of our information about the sites but also upcoming events and things like that as well for people to look it up themselves alternatively at any of our sites you can pick up a what's on leaflet or at the welcome center and things like that we've got a program of events that's um, just about to come out next week i think we've also got the museum opening for its trial run of sunday openings on april the 1st and that's not actually a joke that's really really <laughs> happening <laughs> oh that would be really good because like myself i'd choose maybe to go on a sunday or get a few hours so that could work really well yeah well we've tested it in the past and had it on the odd sunday and opened it and it has been quite popular especially with like cruise ships and groups but this is a you know a full trial where it'll be open every sunday and see you know if there's a market there and i'm sure there will be that was craigney's site manager helen ashcroft
0: Always good to get the public involved in events down there aren't they and there's something for young and old because the the nostalgia part of Craigneach, it's hard to beat, isn't it?
1: Oh, such a beautiful place, isn't it? And it's so well-kept as well, the little cottages and the recently re-thatched roofs. Oh, it's, it's great. And people do come flocking in for the Easter events there, you know, especially the egg roll. And, and, and the children, they've decorated them beautifully and, oh, there's some tears and tragedies when they splat at the bottom of the hill, though.
0: Part and parcel of it, though, isn't it? Absolutely. Eh? Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, Mike Clegg is a familiar name around the village of Kirk Michael. He's heavily involved in the heritage around the area and he's just released a book called Reapers, Clogs and Pulpits, mainly revolving around the... Kelly Brothers, which were situated in the village for many, many years, and their history goes back a long time, making furniture for the local churches. I caught up with them on the book launch night.
4: Well, they went into liquidation in 1984, but the firm itself actually started in the mid-1840s, when Daniel Neal, who was the son of the schoolmaster in Kirk Michael, became a joiner, started up, had a workshop and it developed from there. So Daniel Kelly worked with William Corlett and the firm later became Kelly and & Sons and finally Kelly Brothers and Kelly Brothers 1963 Limited. How
0: big a builder were they on the
4: island? They were a major builders during the certainly the 60s 50s probably as well employing hundreds of men hundreds of men oh yes they had hundreds of staff opened up in douglas as well they moved out of kirk well they stayed in kirk michael at what's still known as kelly's yard by everyone Mm. local of course and moved to douglas and had large workshops on circular road which became the post office and now is Evergreen House, where Lloyds Bank were for a while on the corner, but the original building from Kelly's was, has since been demolished.
0: We're in the wonderful Michael Church here, in the heart of the village, and this is where, I suppose, the pulpit side come into it with yep. the joinery
4: was Yes, it? yes. John Daniel Llewellyn Kelly, one of the sons of Daniel, came to Michael Church. He was the, the choir master here for some 50 years, and was very involved with the church he wrote church music as well which we've been playing during the afternoon and was a wonderful craftsman you know he really was a craftsman he learned his trade in manchester when he worked there for a few years and actually made the front doors of manchester town hall which he was really? always mm. very proud of and always took his grandchildren to go and have a look at and he was very involved in everything in Kurt Michael. He was, on, he was one of the first Michael commissioners as well.
0: Was that a, a trait of Kelly Brothers making benches and, and joinery for churches yeah. on the island, or was yeah. it just restricted to Kurt Michael?
4: All over the island, and in fact in England as well. Really? Yes, if you go to St John Chapel in Weardale and go into the beautiful church there, you'll see the font cover. Which was made by Kelly Brothers. If you go into uh, Wesley's Chapel in London, which is a fantastic venue, then surrounding the altar, Wesley's original altar, which was actually his kitchen table, surrounding that is a fantastic screen made in Kirk Michael by Kelly Brothers, and it, it's a wonderful thing to see with carvings from Manx crosses on, etc. Beautiful. Yeah, Beautiful. All,
0: all no computerised uh, machines to do it then. But
4: that's the amazing thing. You look at the, the screen uh, that goes across the uh, Onken Church, for instance, which is absolutely stunning, and you look at these pulpits that were made, the altars, the bishop's chairs, the furniture... All over the island, most churches and chapels in the island have something that was made by Kelly Brothers, unbelievably. In fact, they give a lot of the Manx churches their ambience, if you like, with the type of carving that they did. Once you get your eye in, you start to recognise a Kelly Brothers bit, but of course we've only been able to identify a fraction of, of what they actually made. They were true craftsmen, as you say. It was all done by eye from drawings, and then hand carved. There was no, there were no computer drawings. There were no electric drills and things. It was all hand carved. They're still here and still in beautiful condition, a hundred or more years later. Mm. It's fantastic, really.
0: What about the clog side of it? <laughs> ah,
4: that brings in the war work. They were involved in the First World War and the Second World War. But especially in the Second World War, they were preparing the runways at at Ronald's Way and Andreas and Jerby, because they weren't just wood carvers, they actually had an engineering side as well, which developed from the smithy in Kelly's yard, and that developed into Booth Kelly Limited. Booth Kelly was was one of the same family, that's right. And then he eventually took the firm to Ramsey and developed his own side, and another branch of the family were, was Ambrose Kelly, who built many fine buildings in Peel. So they were a very creative family. But the clogs comes in going back to the to the war when they were employed by or contracted to the British government to produce 800 pairs of clogs a week to be sent to the, uh, the camps on the island, but also sent to England. They ended up actually making 4,000 pairs of clogs a week, and were selling a week, yeah. a week and were selling them themselves. They didn't have the machinery to make clogs, so they designed and made and constructed their own special machinery for, for the job, which they often did. So uh, that's where the clogs comes in, and the reapers goes right back to Daniel Kelly, to the very early days of the farm, when Daniel Kelly went to the Great Exhibition in London, saw a reaper and how they were made, he must have done some drawings, wasn't too worried about copyright, and c- came back to the island and made the first reaper to be made on the Isle of Man and was exhibiting it. They took it up to, um, to the north of the island to demonstrate it, and the horses were so terrified by the noise that they had to be taken back to the stables. Oh. So... Uh, and they built lots of farm machinery for sowing seeds and things like that.
0: So there's a real lot of history in this, and this is all all captured in your book as well.
4: That's right. I've mm. certainly got a snapshot of it all, and it was nice as well to get memories from people who worked at Kelly Brothers and had very fond memories of working for Kelly Brothers, which was interesting. They were obviously a really nice family firm, especially in the early days to work for. Yeah, and
0: I suppose it was uh, the place around this area to go and work was
4: it? It was the place mm. lots of people left school on the Friday and started work at Kelly Brothers as apprentices on, on the Monday in fact i was told there was a gentleman who lived in station road in kirk michael who would often comment that if a stray dog turned up in the village it would be offered a job at kelly brothers but
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that is it's it's always mentioned and, and as you mentioned before the kelly brothers yard it's always um yeah. nobody calls it anything different no they, it's f-
4: no it's known as that and it's a feature of the village of course
0: and it, this one thing all the book captures also is, is the that familiness that you mentioned and the size and the craftsmen that were involved in Kelly That's Brothers. right,
4: all those things, but particularly the, the craftsmanship that came out of, of the Kelly Brothers workshops. It's just unbelievable, really, when you see it and fantastic.
0: Well, that really is a wonderful book, Reapers, Clogs and Pulpits. And I was talking to the author there, Mike Clegg. And it's not just what's written in that book, Kiri. The pictures are fantastic, If you know. Everyone's been in one of the churches around the Isle of Man. And Kelly Brothers from Kirk Michael been so involved up to the 80s, really, when they closed their doors. We still refer to it when you go and pass that old Kelly Brothers yard. Wow. And when they go back them hundreds of years or so, hand-making them pulpits, the benches for the local churches. It's incredible how, how they did it.
1: It's unbelievable. You take it for granted when you go into a church, you just see the all the lovely woodwork there. But you don't actually think who actually did it and spent the time doing it all those years ago. They didn't have Dremels and saws like we have these days, do they really?
0: Well, they don't have computers and lasers to cut it, that's one thing for certain. They were craftsmen. And of course when you think of a, a company that like a building company on the Alaman, you're probably employing around a hundred people maybe back, you know, in the 60s 70s 80s things like that you know it's uh, it's an incredible journey that book and it's well worth a read manx radio's countryside is brought to you by nfu mutual well there we are another countryside dusted for another week and uh, it's great to hear mike clegg so enthusiastic about that, that book he's got out reapers clogs and pulpits and just about everything that was connected with the island man you think of kelly brothers those who were old enough to remember them in kirk and We still refer to it as kelly brothers yard just on the opposite the, the chemist there in kirk michael
1: but it's nice how people actually are taking a moment to write it all down you know and and the photographs that you're saying in the mm-hmm. book it, you know it's absolutely essential to island life isn't it
0: yeah and you think of them as builders but the work they did you know when they were building them churches, the, the carvings they did on the pulpits and the benches, just absolutely incredible to be able to do it time after time. This is that, they were craftsmen, weren't they?
1: But they're as good as new even to this day, aren't they, they are. for us to enjoy? Yeah, they
0: proper wood, weren't they? Absolutely. Um, Laura Howe as well, talking about uh, the return of the wardens uh, to the car for man. And of course, getting uh, a, a sort of apprentice there with them to to learn a bit, a bit with the uh, wardens that's already out there. And it's great that um, uh, the, the two wardens that were there last year. Um, I've wanted to return as well and do another season there. So, uh, you know, they'll have had that year's experience. They had such and a great
1: back. success, mm-hmm. didn't they? And, and some of the new species that were arriving on the calf as well. But it's a nice time of year, isn't it? They're, they're returning to the to the calf. It's that spring, the element of Easter around the corner. You know, it's quite exciting now, yeah, isn't it?
0: We'll get back there for the summer too, for a day. And uh, you were at Craigneesh as well, which isn't far from the from the calf and man.
1: Oh Craig yeah. is such a lovely place at this time of year with all the daffodils out and the clocks have changed so people are just want to enjoy longer evenings aren't they? They
0: are yeah makes part and parcel of it and uh, let's just keep supporting these uh, beautiful bits of uh, cultural heritage that we here. Uh, have here on the Isle of Man. All right, we'll leave it there for this week's countryside. We're back next week with more. So, from me, Simon Clark,
1: and me, Kerry Gilmour. We'll
0: see you then. Bye bye.
1: Bye bye. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all new Superfast Plus broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds, and the best value on the island from just twenty three pounds ninety five per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high speed action with Superfast Plus broadband from Shaw. For details visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click Shaw.com.
2: Love
1: the Terms and conditions apply.